0: Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast We are your hosts
1: Mark Jadimio
0: And I am Chris Eaton Oh, it's like the Batgirl episode Mark's back on the show
1: <laughs> Riding by on my purple motorcycle Yes,
0: I want to create an opening for when we have just Jessica and I And then the episodes with Mark's on Like he just comes swinging in like, I need somebody to animate that for me. Like, when we had the Mark episodes. <laughs> like, you come... yeah. You know, I always loved those those episodes of Batman. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a Batgirl episode. Because the two scenes they shoved into the opening. Yeah.
1: My my old band uh, in the 80s, uh, we used to do a punk rock version of the batman theme song. Mm. And I always add in, and sometimes Batgirl! Yeah!
0: <laughs> 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 oh, God. So, uh, yes, Jessica's out. She's under the weather at the moment. But, uh... I've been in communication with her. I'm going to maybe try to splice what we're going to talk about on this episode a little bit. We might record something if she's up for it in the next few days. If not, we'll come back to it in in a couple of weeks. But, in the interim, while you might have listened to the last episode where I sat down with the lovely Paula Gatos from the Tokusatsu Network, where we recapped all the wonderment of Comic-Con, this episode we're recapping the wonderment that was G-Fest, and then, Mark went on an adventure to a magical land and saw something completely wonderful. So, we're going to talk a lot about that in this episode. So, you guess by now, we're talking about G-Fest. We're about, what, a month out now? A month mm-hmm. out from G-Fest. Wow, yeah. been, that, was, that yeah. real quick. Yeah. But you had a back-to-back. You did G-Fest, and then, where, where else were you?
1: A week later, I went to Tokyo, Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. For Eight, how long?
1: Uh, Ten days.
0: Good God.
1: Oh, and I went in time for, uh, for the premiere. Mm-hmm. Well, not the actual premiere event, but yeah. the first day of the public showing mm-hmm. of Shingo-jira.
0: What jira uh, Real quick, before we get our private, what time was that first showing?
1: The first showing of Shingojira was at 1 a.m. And I attended the IMAX screening at the flagship Toho Cinemas in Shinjuku, that is, that is adjacent to the uh, Hotel Gracery mm-hmm. with the big Godzilla head on the roof.
0: So you were pretty much in Mecca. Yes. You're, you're at, yes. you're at the center of the Holy Land, if you will. Yes.
1: You could see all the uh, Godzilla otaku nerds there.
0: And at 1 a.m., that's hardcore, man.
1: Yeah, and believe that's it or an not, interesting thing. when we got out. Uh, Believe it or not, there were even bigger crowds waiting for the wow. subsequent showings. Which is
0: good considering that the last few millennium films were just diminishing return after diminishing return. Yeah. So it seemed it's it we'll we'll get into the more of the, uh, the actual box episode in a little bit, but it it does seem like Toho finally figured it out, giving it a rest, mm-hmm. and then coming it back in the right direction, whether or not the American fans think it is the right direction or not. But Japan itself, which is the important market, let's remember that. Liked it, and uh, it seems like we're going to be getting more, so yeah. that's the key aspect. But first, let's talk about G-Fest. Yes. So, for Mark, you've been going for how long?
1: I've been going since its inception, since 1995. So you were at
0: ground zero. Yeah. And then you took a few years off.
1: Yeah, uh, I went pretty much every year. I think I did miss 97, mm-hmm. and but... Uh, my last one was in 2003, mm-hmm. and then I returned to school, and uh, I took an almost 10-year hiatus until, after years of searching, I found Wolfman vs. Godzilla and the director, Shizu Nakajima, who we've talked about numerous times.
0: So you can go back and listen on, on, yes. on our, our and archives. Yes, once, and
1: once I found the footage and photographs, I knew I had to return, and I had to share with everybody. You've been going back ever
0: since then, I've been going right? back ever since, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, last year, uh, we got a lot of like, hey, where's Jessica and Chris? And uh, as uh, Mark informed me, he had to inform people, there's a little thing called Comic-Con, and that kind of takes precedence yeah. over certain things. So I looked it up, and it turns out, Comic-Con and G-Fest did not overlap th- this last year, so we made the bold proclamation we're going to go. <clears throat> it was a foolish endeavor, but it was one I'm glad I made. <laughs> because much like uh, much like Mark, you had a few days reprieve after returning from G-Fest of sleeping and catching your your z's. I had one day and then I had hop onto to uh, hop in my car and head down to San Diego for 5 days and deal with for, the madness of for Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yeah. So for 10 for my own 10 days it was a whirlwind of geekdom like I've never seen before. So you're insane. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then, you know people were asking us like, "Hey, you want to go do anime?" I'm like, "I had to. I had to make a Sophie's choice." I'm like, "I'm I'm skipping Anime Expo this year. I just I I don't have it in me to do three within a week of each other like that." So, but as for GFest 2016 itself, uh, interesting. I have never been to Chicago, so this was my first outing. Mark told me of all the wonderful graces that we had to do once we got there, um, and the last G fest I had attended was 2000 when I was out here in LA because mm-hmm. that's where we're, where that's where we're located. So I can hop in a car and travel 10 minutes, and it's, it's much easier than hopping on a plane and traveling four hours. Um, <clears throat> missed the first day, so Mark's gonna have to fill us in because you actually had a panel on the first day, did you not? Yes. So what did you do, good sir?
1: Well, I proposed a panel, um, I do like being part of programming, and, mm-hmm. uh, it was an idea I had, and when I proposed it, I was informed by, um, the organizers that, you know, there are no Shingo-Jidab-related panels this year, which I found amazing. Shocking. yeah. But then, t- on second thought, <clears throat> well, you know, upon further pondering of the subject, mm-hmm. I thought, well... Of course not, because nobody knows anything, anything about the movie. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to talk about? So I thought, well, what can I possibly talk about? You know, let's talk about the men who were behind it. Mm-hmm. Ano and uh, Higuchi. Higuchi. <laughs> so my panel was called The Tokusatsu Roots of Shingoja. The early Tokusatsu films of Anno and Higuchi. And that's what I focused on, because you know, they were two of the founders of uh, Daikon Film. Which it's turned into Dainax. Gainax. And... Uh, you know of course Evangelion and all the amazing works that they've produced but in the early days of Daikon in addition to the the animated features they did have a couple of tokusatsu features a lot of you know some are infamous some are pretty much unknown to mm-hmm. most fans and i thought i'm going to gather them all and i want people to see you know how they these men first started and it'll lead up to what they've produced now
0: so <clears throat> that included certain uh, uh, films such as?
1: Well, I started off with the Daikon 3 and Daikon 4 opening animations, because mm-hmm. those were the very first things that they made. And
0: those are frantic as hell, too. Yeah, <laughs>
1: e- even though they are anime, especially Daikon mm-hmm. 3 is more you know crudely drawn, yeah. they're hand-drawn anime uh made by a couple of people. Uh, there are a lot of tokusatsu references within them.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah,
0: there's a ton of them too. Yes,
1: yeah, so especially with Daikon Four. That's one of the ones you really need to go through and freeze frame.
0: Shockingly, because we uh, we were we took over the screening room one on Saturday night, and we we you we replayed that. Yeah. There were a few people, they like, "Hey, that song was pretty cool. What was it?" Yeah. Not knowing it was what Yellow, right? Yellow. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, Twilight. Wait, yeah. Wait, you don't know Yellow, man? Come on. <laughs> Damn kids these days. <laughs> So this is that, but then you moved into the more live action aspects of it, did you not?
1: Yes. Um, then after that we showed the Daikon Films' Return of Ultraman episode mm-hmm. that they made.
0: <laughs>
2: they
1: made a full length Return of Ultraman episode mm-hmm. uh, starring Hideaki Anno as Ultraman. Mm-hmm. And uh, the amazing thing about this is that it, it was made on a very shoestring budget. Um, I do have Happened to have uh, uh, the official DVD release from Daikon. and after the episode itself, they have a making-of mm-hmm. uh, featurette that shows how a lot of that was, was were, were paper models.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, not only the uh, the mecha and and the spaceships, but also um, all of the walls and computer work of the of the control rooms. That was all cardboard, painted cardboard. Because they show after filming them tearing it down.
0: Yeah, it, it, that that and that, that for full disclosure, Mark had me edit the video for him to put it together. Yes, thank you and very there much. was stuff I I hadn't even seen. I'd never seen the behind the scenes, so I'm texting him like, "Wait, they did all this shit." And you're like, "Yes," because I famously we had, Mark also had informed me of the uh, the Hano episode. I'm like. <laughs> and right where right everybody's like, hey, have you ever seen this? one? Like, what the hell is this? So, <laughs> if you've never seen it, I'll put a link. It's up online. There's a version of it up online. Yeah. So I'll put it in the link of the show. But it is a sight to behold. It really shows how much of a nerd Anno is. Yeah. But, also, just how dedicated these guys are, too, to the craft. Because when you watch the episode, yes, it very much looks like it is done on a budget, but it does look like... Everything, there's a polish to everything. And
1: there's tremendous heart involved. And These when, are people who truly love.
0: And then when the camera pulls back, like, there, there's a beautiful scene where they're filming the uh, the kaiju attack. And so they, they're they showing the behind the scenes where they're setting everything up. And the poor guy who's in the suit is just kind of like hanging out. And he's in this thing. He can't sit down. He can't do anything. And he's just like, all right, just like looking around. It's, and it's weird. There's someone coming up, like giving him like a little sip out of like a cup and stuff like that. <laughs> it's great. Because, you, you know, it's like, this is a, ba- it looks like a, like a, like, something that the movie Super 8, like those kids were doing themselves, like they're making yeah. their own little movie.
1: The one, the one, uh, clip of the making of that I pointed out to you, which I think mm-hmm. is hilarious, is where they, they're filming the scene of the pilot in the cardboard, uh, <laughs> cockpit yeah. of the ship, and in front of, of the, this cardboard <laughs> cockpit, there is a regular oscillating fan, mm-hmm. and two guys behind it on their knees, smoking cigarettes, blowing the smoke <laughs> into the fan to simulate uh, nice. clouds going by. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is clever. Yes, he's clever. look, Robert Rodriguez famously stated in his book, and a lot of his a lot of the commentary for his earlier films, he's like, a budget will cripple you sometimes. If you have money, it will cripple you creativity, your creativity. When you're working on a shoestring budget, it forces you to be creative, and you come up with stuff you never thought you would have seen. But it works, and that very much is like when you're seeing these two dudes blowing, you know, menthols into a oscillating fan. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is genius. This is I never would have thought of that, but now it's like that. That's a good trick to have.
1: And then when you see the finished work, mm-hmm. it, it it does look. Uh, you know, it's shot on eight millimeters, mm-hmm. so it, it looks very, very good. It looks very convincing. It
3: does. And,
1: it, and then when you see it afterwards in the mm-hmm. making of feature, you're like, "I all it was a fan yeah. and two guys with cigarettes." <laughs>
0: that's it, that's why you never show the prestige. You never yes. show yeah. the, the 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 card underneath the uh, underneath the sleeve, or if the, you will, the magician's secrets. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so I show up like eleven o'clock. Uh, I, I unfortunately miss all Mark's delightful panel that day. We uh, I roll in, pretty much everyone's getting drunk on the patio, and Mark's like, "Come here, let me introduce you to everybody." So good times were had by all. Saturday was probably what the biggest day of the show. Yeah. So it usually is usually is walk the dealer's room. Like it, it's interesting the microcosm that that hotel holds. For those three days. Like, it seems like everybody is, like, just going to everybody's room. Like, everything, it's like a frat house almost. Yeah. And it's just, like, game on. Like, everybody's meeting up, like, out, you know, in the lobby, just hanging out. Everybody's having a good time. And it very much is, like, a giant kickback
1: almost. What's amazing, what I find amazing about G-Fest is that even though the convention itself has you know, been going on for over twenty years, mm-hmm. it really hasn't grown all that much. Mm-mm. I mean, at the first one, there was about three hundred people mm-hmm. back in nineteen ninety-five. Uh, you know, now it's it's averaged around two thousand. I think the biggest one they had was two years ago when the the legendary film came out. Yeah, of course, because of the interest in the film. Mm-hmm. But I think they purposely try to keep
0: it small. It's you know, I what I would equate it as is that they're the. They're like the indie punk rock band that people know, but totally. they refuse. Yeah, they refuse to do like a studio album. Yeah,
1: they, they are the Discord Records mm-hmm. of Tokusatsu fandom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> They're like yeah, we're cool, yeah, we're for- cool here. Like we can sustain what we're doing. We're we're not aiming to become like anything bigger than what we actually are.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, but it works because you know now that geek culture is mainstream. You know, you've seen. These monolithic conventions mm-hmm. and you hear some horror stories and you know and you yourself can attest to the, the monolith that San Diego Comic Con has become yeah
0: I have watched it grow into that yeah, too
1: because you've been in San Diego for quite yeah. a while I've seen G-Fest grow and level off mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what's cool about it is that it's a convention but it's, it's also small enough where it's like a big gathering of friends yeah <clears throat> a lot of us a lot of people know each other there you see you know, certain cliques a lot, but a lot of people seem to know each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of the dealers are the, the, the same. But one of the most amazing things about it is this is the only convention I've ever been to where the guests
2: mm-hmm.
1: who are floating from Japan
2: mm-hmm.
1: or or elsewhere actually just hang out with the fans. You no, know, you, you just don't see them at a table. Where they, they do an autograph session, and mm-hmm. you know you never see them again. They're hanging out in the patio with us. You know, a couple of years ago, you no, know, I was handing um, you know you no know, beers to the to the to the Godzilla suit actors, and we're smoking uh, <laughs> cigars. To them. There are tales of Don Fry going from room to oh, room, asking people if they have booze, and hanging out with them, and wrestling people in their rooms.
0: That I uh, oh, I wish I was there for that. It's, I so wish I was there. In for fact,
1: that. I'm not sure if they did, did it this year, but. It's, it's become kind of a, tra- a tradition among some of my friends mm-hmm. because he Don Fry actually gave them his cell phone That's number. Bad, made the mistake yeah. of giving them his cell phone number. So for a number of years, <laughs> it was a tradition mm-hmm. to call Don Fry on Saturday
0: night mm-hmm. in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and say, hey, it's us. Because he's on Arizona time. Yeah. So like You're calling like at <laughs> 1.30. It's already like... 11.45 minute he might be in bed already
1: yeah which he usually yeah. was and yeah. he, he answers like yeah. whoa
0: hey Don it's us
1: what are you queers doing calling me in <laughs> the middle of the night
0: <laughs> god I love I love Don Fry so much yeah Captain Gordon was yeah. not a
1: character that was just him very
0: much so <laughs> Very much so.
1: If anything, that was a toned down version of Don Frye. You didn't see Captain Gordon like, "calling people queers" and yeah.
0: stuff. Oh no, you don't follow MMA really. You have <laughs> no clue that the gem that Don Frye is. It, not only that, not only is he a gem, he's a scary man. With, like back in his heyday, very scary man. But like, watch total... that
1: fight between him and Oh uh,
0: Takayama. Yes. Oh my, I I. Here, like, I, real quick side rant. I was having this conversation at G Fest with, um, I believe, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name at the moment. We're recording this rather late. One of the gentlemen from Big in Japan. Oh, um, Tim,
1: Tim. Uh, I think it
0: was Tim. We're talking about because he he's like I like Final Wars too. I'm like, there there's a thing about Final Wars because it's like a fight film. He's like, yeah, I like I like MMA. I'm like. You know that's the thing. The people like the people that like Final Wars tend to be like younger fans yes. that like UFC and stuff like yes. that. The older fan, the most people I talk to, are like, well, what do you like about Final Wars? Oh, the fights are short and all this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me ask you a question. Like, yeah, do you ever watch professional fighting? It's like, well, I watch an Ali fight here and there, but like, like, but you don't watch UFC or anything. Like, oh no, that's not my cup of tea. I'm like, that's right there. Usually. You have to kind of be in that frame of mind yeah. to really enjoy something like that.
1: Yeah, Final Wars, you know, along with Megalon and Godzilla's Avengers, is definitely one of the most polarizing in the films. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Final Wars, I definitely see a clear division mm-hmm. between older and younger fans. Yeah,
0: and it very much, I do very much believe because it again it, when we interview Kid Mario, he's like, yeah, you know, when, you know, I got fried because all these American acts like. Don Johnson said no to us. Mm-hmm. Freaking Chris, I mean, we tried to get Christopher Lambert. I'm like, you tried to get the Highlander. He's like, yeah, <laughs> he he wanted like a ridiculous number. So he's like, well, I like Don Fry. I watched Pride. I watched you know all these fights. I was like, let's get him. And then he's like, from there just spirals. Like, okay, we need to get all these big buff guys. Let's get all these fighters. Yeah. So they just pull and make, There's a bunch of MMA fighters in that mm-hmm. movie. Well,
1: hell, they got Tyler Mayne to play uh, Saber Tooth in the first X Men film.
0: Ex- exactly. Like that's that that whole thing. You get you get the big guys, and in Japan at that point in two thousand four, the biggest thing in the world was Pride Fighting Championship, which Don Fry was one of the marquee players in that, and he would go out there and beat so much ass. It was it, it was watching it was watching a violent ballet, if you will. And he has a match with a wrestler named uh, Yoshihiro Takyama. and I've told this to guys like uh, like Kyle from Kaiju Cast and stuff like. Him. like if you've never watched a single fight in your life, you need to go online, look up Fry versus Takayama Pride. You need to put that in the show notes. I'm putting I put it in the whole kind. Of, I'm putting the show notes yeah. here again because the full match is about ten minutes long, and it is you non. Just, you just
1: need to watch the first two minutes. The
0: first two minutes, and then there's a little break because these two guys pound on each other like I've never seen human beings pound on each other. There's a little break, and then it, they kick back into it. Like, after there's, there's a stoppage, then they get back into it, and then Don and this guy lay into each other, and Don beats the shit out of him. It is, it, it is the most insane thing in, in a professional fight you'll ever see in your life.
1: Yeah, the, the, like in pro wrestling, when they do the exchanges, you know, yeah, when the exchange blows to the face. Yeah, there's the... yeah. Eh, yeah. But imagine two huge guys yeah. doing it with all their might yeah. for real. Yeah, it looks
0: like a hockey fight. To
1: each other's face. Yeah,
0: it looks like a hockey fight without the pads on. Yeah. That's the best way to start because they both grab each other. And just, the bell rings and these two just start going at each other.
1: And the other amazing thing <laughs> is even though Fry's being pounded in the face, mm-hmm. he appears to come out of it unscathed. Yeah. Meanwhile, Takayama... It's obvious. Yeah. After thirty seconds, his his face is completely swollen. Yeah. It, it's brutal.
0: Yes, and that's the, I mean that's the thing with Fry. Fry, he was in the he was an early UFC back in the days back before UFC was what it is today when it was the one night tournaments. Yes. And he goes on and like this is when we were, men used to be men. We go out there, we fight. Where, you know, you break a finger, you reset it, then you go back out there and you fight again, and you pretty much you would wait, you would finish the tournament, you go to the hospital, you get stitched up, then you go have a beer afterwards with everyone else. <laughs> that's what you did back then, and that's how we liked it. So,
1: yeah, there's a very
0: much I love Don. Testosterone overload with Don. Yes, Ferrari. oh god, he's one of my dream like, dream guests to get on here. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> Saturday, uh, fun day. I'm wandering around. It, filming, left, I got a ton of footage I want to do something with, hopefully one day. Um, run into uh, Mark a few times. Jessica doesn't even get downstairs because that poor girl has been busy trying to set up our Comic-Con panel, which is a week after, exactly a week from the day. So, it was it was interesting because it was a good sixteen years in between G Fest for me. Yeah. So I I did the LA shows, which Mark has said it's like they those aren't a good way to gauge G no, Fest. No, both
1: both of those shows were the only times it was held outside of Chicago
0: area, <laughs> and both of them were grossly mismanaged. So those are my two like you know like instances yeah. of G Fest. So going to this, seeing what a microcosm it is, because. The first one, the first one was held at the um, the Burbank Marriott, yes. which has a convention center to yeah, it. Yeah, that was in '99. Yes, and then the second one was at the um, the Roosevelt in Hollywood. On Hollywood Boulevard, yes. But they're all in their own halls. It wasn't like, like the the way that the the uh, what's the name of the hotel uh, G-Fest is held at now? The Crown Plaza. The Crown Plaza, which it's 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 divided up into the different rooms, and it's almost mm-hmm. like a, it's almost like a. That's way I can describe it. It's like an ant farm almost, where you're going up and down and all around. Like everything's in all these different yeah. There's rooms. actually there's actually a lower level with a, a film
1: room and a lot of our smaller rooms. The mm-hmm. art contests, uh, a lot of the bottle displays. Yeah. Uh, the game room used to be down there, but now mm-hmm. they moved it upstairs. Uh, you know, I've seen G Fest grow because it started out at the uh, Radisson mm-hmm. in Arlington Heights, which is right across the street from the Japanese uh, mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Illinois, and then it moved to the Wyndham Hotel in mm-hmm. I think in it Itasca. It's all around the same area.
0: Yeah. So, from are they just hopping from you know, yeah. city to city?
1: When it came here,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I did attend both '99 and 2000 as well. uh The Burbank Hilton, it was too big of a venue for it. Yeah. No, Burbank. It's much too too small for Monster Palooza, which yeah. outgrew it. But for a show like G Fest, is still pretty small, and this is even right after the the nineteen ninety eight film. Yes, when So the, like the <coughs> popularity
0: was at, if you will, at its peak. Like yeah. two thousand was announced already.
1: Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, because in fact, it was at. Uh, it was at that G Fest where the very first Godzilla two thousand figures were released. Mm-hmm. It was those small multicolored one those still, ones where yeah. you bought the advanced ticket. Yeah. I got one of those there.
0: That I spent fifteen dollars for that damn thing. Yes.
1: but I got one. Yeah, I, I think I still have mine somewhere. Um It and was, that was also
0: the Gamma Three premiere. Gamma three too. premiere, yes, yeah.
1: at, at the Egyptian, when people had to make the trek to Hollywood for that. Which thing. yeah,
0: Burbank and Hollywood are not right no, next to each other.
1: No. Despite <laughs> what you may be led to believe mm-hmm. by you know, the by The Tonight Show or whatever. Yeah, you
0: know? no, no, no. That's a Trek.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> versus in 2000 when he was held at the Roosevelt in Hollywood, that was very poorly managed. Mm-hmm. I've heard tales about the, the guy who put it on and how he was just really in over his head and he was working on things as the show was on. And, you know, <clears throat> and that, I guess it could kind of feel for the guy, but still, too, it's like, you know, you should have thought about this. Yeah, but because it wasn't until Sunday mm-hmm. that I even realized that there were panels going on. Because mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, I don't even think there was a printed
0: schedule. No, there wasn't. The first year they had that that really that really elaborate like weekly World News mm-hmm. for, schedule. I still have like three copies of mine. And then the second year when I went there, it's like yeah, we didn't have any of that. Yeah, because
1: you know, I, I still have my schedules from '95, from the very yeah. first one. Now even now it's a, it's a wonderful little you know, magazine type of you know program that you get at most conventions. Mm-hmm. In two thousand, there was no such print. I didn't realize there were there were panels going on. And if so, where were they?
0: Yeah, they had the two main rooms. They were doing things. Yes, um,
1: but the smaller panels. I didn't realize there were other stuff going on. And yeah. those are in uh, rooms that were not easy to find. From no, what it's what I especially in
0: the Roosevelt. Too, it's not the yeah. That place is a labyrinth of sorts. So yeah, but
1: the 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 draw of the roosevelt was for out of towners because it's yeah. right there on hollywood boulevard Across the street from the Chinese theater, mm. so for out-of-towners who are not L.A. natives, it's yeah. exciting. Hey, we're yeah, in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, those of us who live in and grew, grew up in L.A. Like Hollywood.
0: Hollywood. Oh God, Jesus really? Christ! Why the hell would you go there? Hey, yeah, could at least do it down on Sunset a little further, where it's <laughs> so a little that, classier. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, yeah, you get trapped in the the cheap showiness of Hollywood yeah. there.
1: But you know, uh, the Crown Plaza. It's at the Crown Plaza now, O'Hare mm-hmm. next to O'Hare Airport, a big hotel. With with fantastic uh, uh, facilities for Ironically across here like from
0: like the Chicago Convention Center. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Main Convention Center for Chicago too. Yeah,
1: because I uh, I heard one year that when I wasn't there, they actually held it at the Convention Center. Really? Yeah, so people have to walk across the street for that. But once again, too big a venue for something like yeah. G Fest. But it's at a very comfortable level now. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's, if it does end up growing in the future, they'll have to move out of there. But I think they kind of they're kind of comfortable with where they are because think about it. People know about G Fest, but there are a lot of casual Godzilla fans who've mm-hmm. never heard of it. Yeah, and when you when you look at it, they don't really advertise.
0: No, they don't at it's, all. It's it, mostly through
1: G Fan Magazine, and which online. hardly anybody even gets anymore. Yeah, you know,
0: people talk. If it about wasn't it. for like Jeff Zorno and Matt Frank, nobody else would know about the yes. show. Yeah. Because those two guys have an online following, and they're like, hey, but "I've seen people like, the hell's G Fest?" It's like it's a Godzilla convention. When did this start? Twenty five years ago? <laughs> what? Yeah, they're, they're, there's a lot of people. It's yeah. like when I, when I when you know when I get somebody on our Facebook, it's like, I've never heard of Gorath before. What is? It? I'm like, oh, really? wow, okay. How old are you? Nineteen. Okay, so you're young. You're still learning, but yeah. you would figure in this day and age of the internet that this stuff would be a little more prevalent, or is it just maybe the fact that like, you and I, we were so deep into this stuff, it's like... Well, when I, when I was a kid, I
1: mean, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit older than you are, when I was a kid, they used to show these movies on TV. Yeah. They stopped, they sort of disappeared from the early days around 83, mm-hmm. 84. But Gorath, Dagora the Space Monster, Attack of the Mushroom People, Voyage mm-hmm. into Space, all the Gamera films, you know, the DiMajin films.
0: those either for a Yeah, while.
1: those all came on TV. And mm-hmm. that, that's where I saw them on Channel 9, Channel 11, Channel 5, Monster Rally, Creature Features on mm-hmm. Channel 11. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw those growing up. And, you know, even things like the Showa Gamera films. I mean, I think I had the advantage of seeing them as a five-year-old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, now, you know, people are used to the Heisei Gamera films and all the, you know, nice effects and everything. Old,
0: you're watching the old ones, you're watching them on MST. Yeah, when they're making fun 70, of them. Yeah.
1: You know, but, you know, this is 1975. I'm mm-hmm. watching them as a five-year-old. You know, and I'm watching movies that actually have children,
2: yeah. you know,
1: kids my age as main characters. So I'm identifying like hell with this. Yeah, you know, it's different if you watch it as a 30 year old.
0: Hmm. Very, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Your your suspension of disbelief is not as yeah. heavy as it used to. Yeah, be. Yeah.
1: Especially in the age of Jurassic Park and, and Marvel Comics. Movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a little harder. Like you really got to feed that stuff to your kids way, way early. Yes. So. Yes. But uh but back to G fest you know the the thing when i because I do these shows like I've done like nine ten shows already this year mm-hmm. that's not just for me attending like I've been going with my buddy who's been doing a little side business selling at some of these shows, and like uh, you know, when I was walking through the dealer room, like decent sized dealers room, but it again it much like for as you say it's a it's a great guy if you're a g if you're a Godzilla fan. It's a fantastic place to go because you can this meet a lot Mecca. of people. This is Mecca. You're hanging out with everyone. Everyone's super cool. Some people are a little more kind of not with it than others. On uh, Like I saw one guy falling around, Matt Frank, at night, who just wouldn't leave him alone. Yeah. I don't know who this was. I am just like... There
1: that, there is some... Uh, yeah, that
0: poor guy. <laughs> he doesn't very get Very
1: enthusiastic
0: it. fans. Uh, but like when I was looking at the dealer's room, like I was walking through... There were there was no end to vinyl figures, yes. no end to it. And then there was a couple guy. There was one or two booths selling, still keeping the dream alive with the bootleg video. Um, <laughs> and then you had you had the occasional. You had one or two look like local dealers are like, this is just another show I'm doing. You yeah. know, it's I. You know, they probably offered me a really good deal on my booth for the three days. So. Yeah. You know, they're selling T-shirts and stuff like that. There's a few guys' little things, but it's more like other monster stuff. Which I found, when you're doing, like, much like Anime Expo, we found out that the guy that was selling all the Marvel comic T-shirts mopped up the best because unlike, you know, the guy selling the vinyls, they're all competing with each other. This guy's nobody, the the T-shirt guy has nobody to compete with. So he's the only one there, and it's a little change of pace over, like, oh, hey, that's a cool, like, Deadpool shirt. I'll I'll pick that up while I'm here. You know, that kind of thing. Um my one thing is though is that like if you are coming out because I do again with selling I hear this a lot now, uh with especially vendors at once the show ends, like they'll walk and say, like, Hey, how'd you do? It's like, We did pretty great. How'd you do? Oh man, this sucked. I'm like, Well, what were you selling? Like you look in their booth, they're they're selling all the Nika figures and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like everyone else and like you know, I didn't really see you out there hustling. Like that's part of the part and parcel. It's like you don't just let the people come to you. You gotta really sell these people. You know, the second part of this problem is that everyone thinks they still got gold. Yeah. You all think you got gold. Now look, I realize that I know that there's a bottom line. There's a certain amount you're not gonna be selling everything out for dirt cheap. These figure, especially Bandai stuff and marmot stuff, that shit's not that stuff's not cheap. But when Booth one, booth two, booth five, booth seven, booth nine, booth ten, and booth fifteen all have the same things, yes. and you're all charging ridiculous amounts of money you have for to make it.
1: Yourself stand out.
0: Yeah, you're not doing anything to make yourself stand out, and not only that, but you're probably not going to move a hell of a lot. Like the one thing that did move was those Shingo uh, Godzilla figures. They sold out
1: the first. They sold out within uh, friends of mine who did get did get a large shipment in mm-hmm. reported that these think they sold out within thirty minutes.
0: Yeah. Like, I got there, like, hey, give and then we're, we're gone. We're done with yeah. Damn. So, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up picking, like, I picked up a Mudo figure I hadn't picked up yet, and I picked up a uh, Belila like, kaiju figure from Ultraman Zero, and when I went around to price check, because I know better, you don't pick yes. up the first thing you see, yes. price, everyone had that Mudo for, like, 60 bucks. And I'm just like, you are high if you think you're getting the money for that. <laughs> the guy I bought was, like, 20 bucks, man. I'm like... Thank you. You're selling it at a reasonable price. Because this is not an old figure at all, either. Yes. It's I, like seeing the Jet Jaguar reissue for like $65 already. It's like, this came out like three years ago, man. It's not that... like, And not only that, there's another version of it out there somewhere, too. Are you going
1: to get that, that excellent giant bank for like under $20? Yeah. and yeah, The Mito figure for $60? I mean, that's more than, than the inflated price for the Shingo Jida figure.
0: Yes, very you know, much so. Of course,
1: you know, it, was, it had just come out, so of course... Yeah. The, the demand's were, high. Yeah, yeah so dealers, of course, were charging a premium price, but, which fans were more than happy to pay.
0: Yeah, because you want to be the first to get them. Yes. But,
1: and it, it is a nice
0: figure, too. It is very nice figure. I ended up getting one at Comic-Con. I, from, got,
1: I got one in Japan for $15. For the anime
0: jungle people, yeah. who... Like thirty bucks. I'm like, all right, cool. And I went around, and found one other person. Yeah, 150. I'm like, you, no, know, you are high. <laughs> so, yeah, that 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 that's a thing. When you're at a neat show, man, you like yeah. because they're all they're all, a they're complaining. And then B Sunday they broke down like at three o'clock.
1: I, I showed in until five. I was surprised to see a lot of dealers breaking down so so early, but um, from a lot of friends, I heard, I guess. He, sunday just kind of died um and i can Mm -hmm. kind of attest to that because for the first time my legendary collection Mm -hmm. i've slowly been dismantling it over the past year Mm -hmm. and at g-fest i took a lot of my crown jewel pieces because i thought these are the fans who know what these things are, can appreciate them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, one piece I'd never thought I would sell, my remote-controlled Mechagodzilla.
0: Yes. Oh, you were the toast of the town with that thing. Because I, <laughs> I had
1: somebody who was interested and who was going to buy it, but I thought, mm-hmm. before I sell it to him, I'm going to have one last hurrah. I'm mm-hmm. going to unbox it, take it down to the lobby, have it walk around and do all its magic, and I, we had crowds who were, you know.
0: You had, there were nine Facebook videos of that thing. Like, not, because Matt Frank put the first one up, and then when you brought it upstairs, I was recording, and then I noticed, oh, there's like nine other people recording, and later on I was on Facebook, it's like, hey, look at this cool Beckett, and then, here's Mark recording it, like, here's Mark handling it, and then his lovely girlfriend's in the back making sure it's not falling off the table in, in the, in the, in the yes. background of the of the shot, and everyone's like, oh my god, that's awesome! Because it is, it is a magnificent piece, too. Like, yes. I, when you told me you were selling that, I'm like, oh, it breaks my heart to no it, end. It
1: did break my heart. But, yeah, you know, you got to do what you've got to do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did have a few other nice pieces. Like, for example, uh, the infra figure. <sighs> Only 100 of those were made.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, I happen to have two of them.
0: <laughs> of course you do.
1: Of course you do. But uh, I was kind of happy because people, there were people who knew what they were.
0: At least they went to appreciate it. Yes, they did
1: go to good homes, which I'm very I happy
0: did see about. you brought, your, all, so you brought your, um, your Zone Fighter figure for the Zone Fighter panel at the end of the day, too, for display purposes as well.
1: Yeah, yeah I had a couple of Zone Fighter figures, but uh, Billy Dubo is the mm. director of Godzilla Battle Royale, mm. the, the best Godzilla fan film out of the Americas.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, check that out, too, <laughs> uh, on YouTube. Uh, over a million views. Yeah, he did a, a, a panel on Godzilla and Zone Fighter episodes. And he did buy the large zone fighter
0: mm-hmm. figure off
1: me, the fully posable Marmot uh, Combat Joe style figure. But I did have a couple other ones. I had the, um, the Giga Brain vinyl figure, and uh, then I had this small Evolution toy. <laughs> it's kind of like the Ultra Act uh, like, figures. It's in
0: that very same scale. But... The surface,
1: yeah, very same scale. And yeah, so I took them, and I used to use them as props for Billy's uh, presentation. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I did bring a few things home, but... Uh.
0: But over and all, you, you, you gave your... You, you've portioned off part of your collection to a very loving home. That's
1: yes, <laughs>
0: yes. So, but uh, on top of that, great time. Uh, tried Chicago pizza for the first time that Mark had been, like... I mean, months prior to this, he's like, if you are had Chicago pizza, no, sir, I have not. Okay, I know where we're going. Yes. We, so that was our Saturday night. Yeah,
1: down the street, went to Giordano's. Yeah, was, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You and Jessica and me and Adrian yep. and then also uh, uh, Lenny Romero yes uh, the
0: artist and mm-hmm. uh, Tommy yep and uh, the six of us went to Giordano's and chowed down on like two whole things of, of like Chicago style pizza which was wow that is a thi- that is a, a a sight to behold
1: yeah the, yeah, the Chicago style versus New York style argument mm-hmm. will be eternal <laughs> uh, but uh, they are really it's, you know, it's comparing apples and oranges mm-hmm. There's room for both And
0: they're both wonderful So uh, on that note We also took over the, uh, the screening room On Saturday night Because there was a block of like Yeah we're not showing anything You guys can do what you want So we held a little kind of impromptu podcast And then uh, Mark uh, uh, Graciously put on a couple of his uh, Pieces from his uh, video collection
1: yeah cuz I did I did a panel uh, on Saturday afternoon mm. uh, which uh Jeff Horn <laughs> uh creatively titled uh Mark's Kaiju Guide and then actually delivers.
0: <laughs> and
1: uh so I had oh, there
0: was so much of that going on.
1: Yeah, so I had uh, a couple of uh things that I showed uh the latest uh uh edits of Wolfman vs. Godzilla mm. and the latest trailer of uh uh, Raiga versus Olga from Shinpei Hayashiya, uh, plus a few other things that I wanted to show mm-hmm. that I, I barely had time for during my presentation Saturday afternoon. So Saturday night, since we were there for a couple of hours, uh, it was very informal. Whoever showed up, and said, we put my, my screen up there and said, what you guys want to see? Exactly. Here's the list of everything I have. A lot what you guys of food want to see. and
0: booze were, were hungered around. <laughs> we actually, we got the podcast, we sat down with the Big in Japan guys. Yes. And uh, we got, that'll be up uh, in a few weeks. I, I told them, probably the next one, but I also told them, it's like, there's a few things we have to get to before we can get to you. So it, it's coming. It's coming. It's a, that's a fun show. It was a very fun podcast with those guys.
1: So. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to hear about, you know, how, how Tim thought of the ideas for the characters and. A lot of background information getting on there.
0: So we had that coming and then, uh, oh, what else was there? So, and then, yeah, Sunday night, uh, the after party, which uh, Mark was like, dude, you got to stay for this. So, turned out, yeah, I wasn't leaving until late Monday now. So, guess who got to stay? Yeah. And, uh, we got rained on not once, but twice. Yeah. And so, the party moved in and out twice. It was about 90 degrees and, but ninety-five percent humidity at some points. Yes. Yeah, with a wonderful lightning <laughs> show going on, where it's like, is it safe to be out here right now? <laughs> kind of thing. Uh,
1: I think my favorite part of that evening is when we moved inside and we were sitting in the tables at the Empty Artists Alley.
0: Oh God. And yes. we were
1: talking about what a character Jeff Zorno was,
0: and who ah, walks and in. Well, Jeff well, Zorno. Yeah, it's like it was like his ears are burning. It's like, what? What are you guys talking about? Hey, what's up,
1: dudes? Yeah. It's like we're <laughs>
0: speaking <of> the devil. <laughs> yeah oh yeah that uh, you you were right he he is (laughs) quite the character he is very much as mark described him to be like super cool guy but full of life (laughs) very full of life calling everyone shin posers that was his whole thing that weekend so you're all a bunch of shin posers I
1: told you, he reminds me of
0: like back in my punk rock days in the
1: '80s when I was playing in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the metal dudes that would come to the show—he
0: <laughs> <laughs> very much is that. Yeah. Very much is that
1: unapologetically.
0: Yeah, like he. Oh, he don't care. There's zero F's given about about anything he does. And yeah, he so. has some fantastic art pieces he made for the show. Oh man, that one of them I I saw it because. He posted on his Facebook the, the King Kong Escapes piece he was that doing. That was wonderful. Because he showed, like, he's like, dude, I gave mine to, like, I brought it up and gave it to Linda Miller. And she was, like, crying and everything. was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I made Linda Miller cry, yeah. man. <laughs> so he had the little pieces. Then he printed them out to poster size. Yes. And I was like, oh, my, God, I want this so bad. Because the Kong piece is fantastic. It's Kong... He's holding Linda Miller in her hands and she's in like the, the foreground and McCanney Kong is in the back, like just badass. And they're both holding on and the top both, of Tokyo. And they're both yeah, they're both holding on the Tokyo Tower. I'm like, oh this is a He's got the whole poster aesthetic to it and everything, even with a little Toho scope. Yes. He puts a tiny little chibi Gorosaurus in the bottom too.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm like, oh, I went to some and then I realized oh my god, this is like the first show I didn't didn't drive or you know, pro, or you know I didn't come in a, in a way I could just easily go back. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to get this large-ass poster home? Thankfully, Jeff Zorno did not sell out. And I hit him up that night. I'm like, dude, I need... What, do you got any of those colonies? He's like, dude, if I have any left, I'll put them up on on, on Facebook. Hit him up to, like, the second one. And it's like, 40 bucks, man. I'm like, give it to me. So I have this beautiful Kong piece that he signed sitting in my, in my, uh, kind of like my office area upstairs. It's, I'm trying to find that perfect spot to hang it because it is a piece that demands attention. When you when you look at it, it's beautiful. So um uh, I'll post a little picture of that too. Yeah, it it's it's amazing. But that was the other thing too, it was like there's all this there's some great artwork. It's like I can't, I brought a duffel bag. There's no way I'm gonna get this home on a flight. <laughs> it will not make it. So that's the one downside. Like I can shove vinyl figures into my backpack. That's fine. They're gonna make the trip. Yeah. Artwork is not gonna make it. I learned that a long time ago. So in fact Jessica gave me some prints. It's like can you take them I'm like I I can't make any guarantees. Several of them did not make it back. Ugh. So um, I had a little trek to Chicago, went to the original House of Blues, went to Second City. Chicago's a great town, but good god is it hot over there? And uh, yeah, it's a very fun time. Indeed, it was just, it's a, it was very, it was refreshing and a little weird for my aesthetic, just seeing a show where it's like a big hangout now. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what G-Fest is now, it's a, it's a massive hangout, and if you're a fan, come to it, because it's, it's...
1: It's very laid back.
0: Okay. It is very laid back, exactly, like, everyone, every panel was like, everyone just had this like, we're doing this every year, kind of thing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I would definitely recommend, yeah. but... we should save this for the end, because something else was announced this past weekend. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to the end. So, I want to get into, real quick, Mark's adventures overseas. So, please, regale us with your tales of wonder, sir. Well,
1: a week after Mm -hmm. G-Fest, flew out to Tokyo, Japan, and stayed ten days in the heart of Shinjuku, not far from... Hotel Gracery and the adjacent Shinjuku Toho Cinemas, and which is Toho's flagship theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first night, first showing, one a.m. Got <laughs> tickets for the IMAX screen of um, Shin Jira.
0: Was it in 3D or just regular? Just regular. All right. Yeah.
1: Was it in 3D at all out there? They did have the 4D thing, but uh-huh. I didn't go to that.
0: It's, I would have been fascinating to go to. Like, the, I've done the 4D before. It's, yeah. Like a big riot kind of thing, almost. I I would have almost taken taken you out of the the movie a bit, considering, from what I've been told, how much talking there is in this film, too. Yeah. Um, So, Midnight Showing, hardest of the hardcore. Yes. Um, With that being said, we're going to discuss the movie before we go into anything else, because this is the main thing I wanted to talk about. Mark is here. Mark has seen it. Twice. Twice! So... He's got, he's got it down pretty well in his in his brain. He's really thought out his feelings. And so we're going to talk. It's going to get spoilery right off the bat. So just forewarning you, if you're trying desperately to keep yourself surprised, God help you because Bandai's already ruined a lot of the surprises, <laughs> if you will. And there's a lot of other stuff that's been out there a because lot of clips that Japan are doesn't thrown. care. Like, it's released here. That's where it matters. Yes. So... Uh, we do know that uh, filmation will be releasing. It, it, actually, we might. It might be sooner than later. It's looking like October might be the um, and I think the the, release now.
1: I think the latest Filipino trailer shows a lot. Oh, of... Oh uh, yeah, they gave away a lot
0: of, of stuff. That. So, with that being said, Mark, please give us your thoughts on Shin Godzilla. Um, definitely a different type of film.
2: hmm
1: Um, overall, I liked it. hmm But. Uh, there were some very jarring, quite a few very jarring moments in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, although being familiar with Anno's early work, you know, I, I've, I've never really seen Evangelion. I'm not too familiar with a lot of, uh, you know, his calling cards now, like, you know, his whole military, uh, fetish and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, I've come to you know, understand these from various people I've talked to, um... Overall, I like the movie. However, I could see right off the bat that a lot of people are not going to like it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they take the character Godzilla and they do depart from a lot of uh, traditions. Mm-hmm. They, uh, knowing what I've seen of Ano and uh, if you've seen his the, the short film, the uh, Warrior God Appears in Tokyo, yes, uh, you'll see a lot of similar aesthetics aesthetics and scenes mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a lot of exposition which uh, you know unless you're fluent in Japanese you're not going to get a, a lot of meetings uh, um, uh, there we're, are numerous uh, characters introduced and a lot of them their names and responsibilities and positions are listed in kanji on the screen mm-hmm. so a lot of those always be um that
0: being said mm-hmm. with that with the the aspect that there's a, like a lot of talking going on was it sh- how was the how are those shot like was it enough to keep it was it like very long like was it more like a long drawn procedural or was it like very almost like a um kind of like a 24 where there's like important stuff going on but they quick cut it like they there's they make they make it like but there's nothing going on but they give it like a sense of urgency with how it's yeah supposed.
1: you do feel a sense of urgency. Uh, throughout everything mm-hmm. you know like you know, it, it, this is a national this is a world event yeah. happening here and they're trying to make sense of all of this then especially uh, a lot of unexpected things happen Th- that's what I can definitely say about it is that uh, it's very hard to, pre- to predict uh, things in this film mm-hmm. a lot of films you know, are based heavily in cliches and y- you can tell a mile away what's coming next Yeah, with Shingoji that were quite a few times I was surprised
0: because I texted you. Because I, I asked the one thing. Like, yeah. There's two things I need you to text me when you you get done with it. So like, I think it was like four o'clock our time.
1: Yeah, I was I, uh, I was sitting at a at this 24 hour ramen place, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> having a bowl of ramen yeah. and, and texting you and, and giving you yeah. By, i was like, I'm, like, I'm,
0: like at, I'm being coy at first. Like so here's question A. Here's question B. Yes or no? Yes on one? No on the other. Okay. You know what? Screw it. Just start telling me things. That's I <laughs> yeah. need I need to hear. And then I get these long, like eloquently like written texts of like, oh my god, dude, you have no idea how much how much awesome there is in this film. So uh, especially now that we've gone on, at the time. We didn't really know that there was. We knew there was CG in the film. Yes, we knew they were going kind of like a were Attack on Titan. Like Kaguji was taking what he learned on Attack on Titan, like some live action, some CG, and melding together. Turns out it was mostly all CG. Yes, and uh, I, one of these things I brought up. How was it? How did it look? So it looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, Considering I thought... and my my let's preface that that. Mm-hmm. Japanese effects films in the last decade or so have not exactly been the greatest thing in the world. Very few of them have really had effects where it's like, these stand out, like, you can show this somebody and it really holds up. Yeah,
1: especially it look CG. Like, yeah, it doesn't I'm, look
0: like video game cutscenes.
1: Yeah, I mean, think of the CG used in Godzilla Final Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, the CG used for Zilla. Yeah. You know, it was very stiff, it was mm-hmm. very, you know, it was not the quality of, you know, the TriStar film. Yeah. But, uh... You know, or or even in uh, the Godzilla scene used in Always too. Yeah, that Godzilla was fully CG, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he was still a little stiff,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even though it was a very nice design. Well, also too, to, you have to take into consideration with Shin Godzilla, he's very he's very static. He he doesn't really move much. He just kind of like glides along mm-hmm. with his arms outstretched. There are some points of which he's very active mm-hmm. but you know it's kind of like a like an alligator mm-hmm. he's still most of the time but then moves quickly for an attack mm-hmm. um but as far as the like the layering and and, and working him into existing uh footage of, of of backgrounds i thought it looked really good and i saw it on an imax size screen mm-hmm. i did read some criticisms of uh cheap looking CGI and I thought well, what the hell film did you see yeah however though I, I do have to admit when uh, certain <laughs> scenes when I saw them on a cell phone sized screen
2: mm-hmm.
1: then it did look kind of oh okay I could see what they're talking about mm-hmm. but when you see it blown up on an IMAX screen it, uh, it looks completely different
0: mm-hmm. so are these, are these scenes in question concerning like the Ray?
1: And- no uh, it was actually a scene of uh, Godzilla in broad daylight, mm-hmm. uh, kind of knocking down part of a building, Okay. and parts of the building falling down around him.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: yeah, I've well, seen on the small screen that you know it did look kind of video gamey. Yeah, but, but, it's,
0: but those scenes are so quick cut already. Yeah,
1: so.
0: I mean you're not getting the full aspect. I mean when, I mean when when I asked about the aspect of like, because at that point there was only rumors. I'm like, okay, what about the Ray? Because we all heard about the they were changing it to purple, and you were like, "Oh no, it goes much deeper than that." Yeah. So.
1: And we've seen Godzilla's ray be all sorts of different colors and consistencies red over and the years. Orange. I mean, in know. Zone Fighter, we, yeah. there was one scene in which it was purple. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it's a, to me, it's not a big deal. in some of the Zone Fighter people.
0: episodes, was actual like just a a, a freaking a fire, fire hydrant. Yeah.
1: yeah. A fire extinguisher. Yeah. 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 In, in the first in his first appearance, <laughs> uh, when he shot against the war mm-hmm. um yeah, uh, just like Godzilla himself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and, th- and this to me was reminiscent of uh, of uh, Kawakita's habit of having his kaiju go through different uh, stages mm-hmm. of transformation. Yeah. If you watch the Heisei films, you know there's different stages of Violante, there's mm-hmm. different stages of Batra. Yeah, you know, even me- even changes. G- yeah, the Mechagidra or. Mecha Godzilla, and Super Mecha Godzilla yeah. with the Garuda. Yeah, you no know, destroyer goes through like the you know, four different stages, mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, I kind of saw a nod to that here. I don't know if it was in- intentional,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you know everyone knows by now mm-hmm. Godzilla goes through different stages. Yes. Uh, upon seeing it for the first time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because at this point I attended the first showing.
0: Yeah, nobody knew. Nobody knew. Yeah,
1: <coughs> uh, it was. Odd, mm-hmm. seeing it when he first appears on the screen um, and th- and then what what compounds uh the 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 the, the, jar- jar- the jarring nature of it mm-hmm. is when he first appears, you hear original soundtrack material from the the fifty four Godzilla mm-hmm. being played because <laughs> they, they they do use a lot of stock. Um, soundtrack footage, also mm-hmm. stock sound effects.
0: That's yeah. There was that clip that got released of like the um, the car- the the bombers bombing Godzilla, mm-hmm. and it's the old yes. like Heisei uh, or no, I'm sorry, the of like bombing yes, sound explosion. effects.
1: Yeah, and w- I thought that was a mm-hmm. nice nod. I mean,
0: which it turns out there's a lot of that. There's in there. a lot of that in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it, it,
1: it. I guess it could also be described as a. A cheap nod to sentimentality and, yeah. and nostalgia. I mean, those you know, two—it worked with me.
0: I mean, especially Hoguchi who very much was in charge of that stuff. I guarantee, yeah. you they're probably sitting there like, "Oh, let's put that in there." Like, let's, yeah. they, like, there. It might have been. Like, it seems like we're changing so much. Let's, but let's still keep what we loved in there. In, yeah. in subtle ways.
1: Yeah, but still, I mean, you from from the first visuals that pop up on the screen, you, you knew that was going to happen because once again, uh, just like with the case of Godzilla: Final Wars. They used a lot of Toho's old uh, uh, title cards. Mm -hmm. And even the title card for Shin Gojira itself was in the same uh, vein as the original Gojira. Where you hear the the, the footfalls and you hear the roar and then it appears on the screen in black and white. Um, Story-wise, I I, I did... What
0: what would you compare it to? I
1: I draw a lot of comparisons to the 84 Godzilla. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Because it is a solo
1: outing. It is a solo outing. Mm-hmm. Then also, uh, you know, you have your your international intrigue where, you know, America and Russia and different countries mm-hmm. are... All know, weighing in. Yeah, all weighing in and, you know, and threatening to come into Japan and take matters into their own hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the one character of the U.S. envoy to Japan, to me, I saw a little bit of Emi Kano from Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Somebody who has a job to do, but then... She finds her loyalties torn. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw that. I think I nice, that nice little up, nod there. Nice little nod there. I'm, once again, I don't know if that was intentional, but that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what I picked up from it. Um, one criticism that I, I can level at it is that Godzilla really doesn't seem to have any motivation. He just kind of appears
0: and just. Uh, it seems like he's more like a natural disaster than anything else. Yeah, like a walking tornado that you can fire at. Yeah But however though That's a criticism But one of the
1: things I really liked about Godzilla Is Mm. Unlike other films Like Say for example The Heisei films Yeah Uh, I'm going to bring up Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah again Mm -hmm. As an example You know the scene When Godzilla appears Again to fight King Ghidorah Yeah And they're watching him Walk through the uh, The the, the farm With all Mm -hmm. the cows Yeah they can safely watch him from a distance. Mm-hmm. This Godzilla, if you're out of distance, you are not safe from him.
0: <laughs> they it, took it, away it, that aspect. It, yeah,
1: they, they took away that safety factor. It, it is, it is truly a terrifying
0: Godzilla. So let's let's break down some of that stuff yeah. because you had nothing but like positive things about that kind of aspect, like the, the fact that it's like because that that was the thing about this this film where everyone's like. Okay, if it's just a what can they possibly do that yeah, has yeah. not been done before?
3: Yeah, you did. Quite and a bit that's where that
0: I'm like, so, okay, uh, there are text, coming. I'm like, okay, just start breaking it down for me. So, the first, again, re Godzilla has multiple forms. Yes. Really playing up not so much the dinosaur, the mutant aspect of yes. him. Where he's a constant growing organi- organism who just happens to take this form. Mm mm-hmm. um, then it's a matter of okay, so he's uh, it, they never really give like a solid r- how you just takes the form that he takes, right? Yes. They never really give a solid reasoning for anything like that, right?
1: Not from what I was able to glean.
0: Okay, so that might be someone we see the subtitle version. They might delve into a little more. Yeah, because there was some things that uh, people were ke- like up in the air about. It seemed like very like an ano thing just to screw with people. Yeah, the end.
1: I mean I understand some Japanese, but mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near fluent. And, you know, and then at the rate
2: mm-hmm.
0: with
1: which the dialogue was coming, yeah. it was very hard to catch a lot of it.
0: So when we get to the main, when we get to the main, like, final form of Godzilla that we've all seen. Yes. who And those, some beautiful shots, like, low-end shots that no one, no one has really bothered to get before. Like, the, yes. the, the American film got some of those, but it was still very, like, at a distance, you yes. know. The, the 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 legendary film did give you a sense of scale.
1: Yes, sense that was of scale. a yeah. There was However, some beautiful shots, but how it was, were the, how were, then they would cut away from it.
0: Yeah, it was like <laughs> the, it was like a lot of the high. Design. This looked like it was like a lot of like like Ano and, and Higuchi were like just we want to get like right underneath him like as he's walking like nobody ever really there was from the trailers there were some magnificent shots of like they give you a proper sense of scale. Of the tail going over... And the tail looked like it had a life of its own. And the tail looked gigantic. So, there was a lot... And it's like, he's moving so so what... Okay, so what could we possibly do? The way Mark told me, and I'm going to have him tell you something, the destruction is where it was. Yes. The actual... When he starts getting attacked. Like, so how how many scenes are there in this film of, like, actual, like... it's, It's broken down, isn't it? Kind of, like, as an act structure...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of different rampages throughout the film.
0: So, the initial rampage is is the, post the, post the the two forms.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. That's where it really gets interesting. Mm-hmm. He emerges from mm-hmm. the sea during broad daylight, mm-hmm. and he's immediately attacked by the the military. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's there's uh there's dissension among the government as to how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So they send certain choppers out and they do rocket attacks on them. Uh, there are long distance bombings mm-hmm. you know, and uh, from, from bombers and, and fighter jets. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point in which he counterattacks. Which was quite spectacular.
0: So what does big. that entail?
1: Okay. Spoiler time. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to know your last chance to turn off the one of the big things that people were talking about before the film came out, because we saw uh, teases of it in, in the trailer, was mm-hmm. Godzilla's uh, his energy ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we saw the picture of him with the mouth wide open and a purple light coming from uh, deep within his throat. Yeah. Um, initially, mm-hmm. it doesn't appear that way. Yet. uh he opens his mouth wide
2: mm-hmm.
1: and lets forth and he almost like vomits out like a uh, is this fiery holocaust mm-hmm. toward the ground mm-hmm. and it just spreads in all directions down the streets kind of like the you know the the the, the primary weapon attack in Independence Day okay yeah you know how he just uh, this so just wall like a, going yeah. down the streets throwing up cars mm-hmm Godzilla does that toward the ground and it just goes out. He's in the center. So it's of it. very
0: much like almost like a, a, a bomb going
1: off. Yes, yeah, very much mm-hmm. so. And it just wipes everything else surrounding him. Mm-hmm. And then the ray slowly concentrates into a beam. Mm-hmm. He lifts his head mm-hmm. and the beam starts slicing through the buildings. If you've seen, once, once again, if you've seen a giant warrior god attacks Tokyo, Uh, it's just cutting through like cutting through the buildings and you know molten metal you know squirting out from the buildings and just (laughs) causing widespread destruction Mm -hmm. this is the most destructive I've ever seen in Godzilla and how
0: does it look it it looks
1: spectacular alright it's an amazing scene quite an amazing scene but it doesn't end there (laughs) it doesn't end there just when you think we've seen it all Mm mhm uh then also there's an issue with Godzilla's jaw uh huh uh, he opens his jaw And the bottom jaw Splits
0: So it's almost Kind of like a snake Kind of thing
1: Yeah or, or
0: uh, It's a mandibles. It's like almost like Predator with the mandibles Right?
1: Yeah or th- Those uh, creatures From Blade
0: Oh the Reapers Yeah Yeah yeah. I mean it, it's, it's kind of It's become
1: Kind of he's a he's got no in. tongue Either No no tongue yeah. yeah so he's not Like the legendary That's which have yeah. a Tongue Yeah yeah, I mean, which makes him less animal like and more yeah. monster like. Right?
0: Very much so. This yeah. is a
1: mutant. This is this is something, yeah. you know, this is like
0: walking terrifying mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. You know. Uh, very much very scary like trying to bring back like the the walking atomic nightmare thing that the Yes,
1: I I and I've heard other people mention this too and I this immediately came to mind to me when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. This is the Godzilla that Legendary teased us in their mm-hmm. initial proof of concept trailer
0: yeah when it would seem like Godzilla's the, the main Death, yeah.
1: the destroyer of and then it worlds. turned out we get like a, a 70s, 70's Godzilla yeah, film yeah
0: Godzilla film which a lot of people were like oh okay yeah, like, we're, I'm down yeah. with that
1: yeah well yeah once it's in that context like, okay, okay I just watched a 70's Godzilla film okay in that context it, it yeah. works but you know I was expecting the destroyer of worlds I didn't mm-hmm. get that with this Godzilla you do yeah you know, it's you know the the world is watching, and the world is terrified of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the U.S. is threatening nuclear attack, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I mean,
0: this, this doesn't seem like anything was like the I noticed around n- the shots, like when the tanks are firing, like they don't even get past like his thighs. Yeah, and <laughs>
1: yeah, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the the precision bombing from the high high distance bombers, mm-hmm. they're hitting him. Full on, and there are huge explosions, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he just kind of shrugs it off, mm-hmm. and then unleashes another weapon against them. <laughs> They're way
0: up in the sky; they think mm-hmm. we're safe
1: in the sky. You aren't.
0: What was your initial reaction to the what we now know because it's been spoiled in the Filipino trailer? Yeah, the
1: the spike beams. I was surprised by that. I mean, obviously you can see the anime influence in that. Yeah, but to see that work worked out. In the live action film, uh, once again, you know, I constantly use the word jarring, mm-hmm. but it worked. I mean, it, it was very, once again, very terrifying to see the destruction unleashed by this. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not safe from him, no matter how far you are from him.
0: And then, uh, then there's the other aspect of the tail beam. The tail beam. Mm-hmm. A lot of, there was a lot of
1: speculation about the tail when we saw the initial...
0: When you look at the tail, it looks like there's another head growing on the thing.
1: In some, yeah, in some photographs, yeah, from certain angles, it looks like there's another head, it looks like a, like a jaw.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: From other angles, it looks like a couple of rib cages. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, there was something going on with there, you know, there was speculation, oh, that, you know, it's made from different sea life, and those are probably the remains of whales, or whatever it was made from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, at the end of the film, mm-hmm. we see what the, that is.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is, come on, we're already there. Which that? is,
1: we're already there. Yeah. Uh... Godzilla essentially begins to bud. Mm. They are smaller versions of himself. But they are kind of mixed with uh, human DNA. Mm -hmm. So they are human-Godzilla hybrids, Mm -hmm. which are starting to bud from the tail. Mm -hmm. So, what's going to happen next?
0: Yeah, this horrific, nightmarish thing self. Well, Ironically, doing the one thing that everyone kind of crapped on with the American film... But it, it, this way, unlike the American that film, that wasn't like lost film, on me. Yeah, yeah. Unlike unlike the the Emmerich film, which, I should, which, I should say yeah, it. yeah. The
1: ninety eight film, which is yeah. ripped off Jurassic Park.
0: Yeah, with this, when you, because there's someone actually snapped a photo because that was one of the things everyone's like, what the hell is this? It seemed like one another one of like Anna very vague, weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm doing this to screw with you guys. But from what I was told, like they're uh, especially by um, someone who understands Japanese very well. They're like. Yeah, there's there's a scene where they I, they believe that Godzilla is because he's just this walking mutation now. He's not like he's not a dinosaur that's mutated. He's a collection of of, of just nuclear crap that's taken life on its own. Yeah. Yeah, it was self replicating. And yeah, and there's
1: there's a DNA map and that mm-hmm. uh, they're looking at the genome of Godzilla and they see <clears throat> this contains the DNA of everything.
0: Yeah, like it's just a because it starts as like a giant mass, doesn't it like a red mass or something like that mm,
1: yeah, there's an explosion in tokyo bay and mm-hmm. you know, there's you know blood is pouring out on the surface of of the ocean mm-hmm. then also under you know on the on the on the tunnels running mm-hmm. underneath the bay uh the, the red liquid breaks through and and floods uh, uh one one of the uh sub uh, tunnels mm-hmm. where the cars are driving and because I think I think the forms are referred to as the, the second and third stages Yeah, we never actually see the first stage mm-hmm. we do see a, a, a thrashing tail in the bay mm-hmm. but that's all we ever see of it we don't see what the rest of it looks like
0: and knowing what we now know of the especially the figures released they pretty much Godzilla looks like an eel when he comes out like yeah, the comes a moray eel and then the second form which people call the turkey version because mm-hmm. he kind of I guess resembles a turkey when he's probably kind of bobbling around because he's got the big you know dopey eyes mm-hmm.
1: But, and the, the first version also, because it, it's kind of, uh, it is kind of tadpole-like in the fact that the forearms are still unformed and they're folded up mm-hmm. uh, into the chest, but the gills yeah. are opening and they release just, you know, thousands of gallons of this red liquid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's blood or some you know, some sort of uh, excretion, but the gills open up and they spill it all over the streets. So, you know, you don't know if it's poison or, or, or but it, it's... Mm-hmm. It's very effective. And They're
0: really giving like a nightmarish yes. kind of like sta- uh, jaunt on the whole yeah, this thing. Yeah,
1: is, this isn't a Godzilla that you, you, that you want to go up and touch. Yeah. And, and, again, and not because of
0: radiation. Yeah. No, because it's just, it's, it is very much like just a walking pile yeah. of, of like just broken DNA that's trying to find some form to hold itself together. Yeah. That's what, from what, what, what it appears like, I, I like the idea of it's, that it's constantly mutating, it's constantly changing that you know when we initially saw those those pictures of it like oh maybe it's like you know regenerating it's like no it's something else too yeah and the body like the, all those the red marks light up too when he does his beam doesn't it yes so yes yeah, yeah. very much it, it's
1: like burning guys left destroyer. yeah so
0: very much they're going again a, a, a nice little kind of, it seems like the nice yeah. little nods here and there
1: yeah i saw it more as a mm-hmm. like a when you see magma from the volcano flow drying yeah you'll see little cracks of of the red glowing underneath it i I got more of that vibe
0: so overall so we we will be getting the movie pretty soon we know that from filmation thankfully has picked it up which i kind of called a couple months ago Mm. um (laughs) in in now especially you've seen it twice and you've had a few weeks to release on where would you say it sits in the annuals of the films
1: It's it's hard to compare it to the other films. It's just it, It's completely... so different than the mm-hmm. other films. Um, honestly, I, even though the ending was intriguing, mm-hmm. and I would like to see what happens there, mm-hmm. uh, I, I sincerely doubt that they'll continue the storyline.
0: You it see, like it's a, it's just open a one off. Yeah,
1: yeah you know, much like the much like the Millennium series. Yeah, you no, know, this could be considered some of that. No, if And what would
0: you say? To, what would you say to the fans out here who haven't even seen it who are already throwing the bitch fit?
1: Uh, watch it first,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Because believe me, I have to admit, I went into it not expecting much,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I have to admit, a lot of my initial positive reviews of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: was of my overall experience. I was in Japan at and <laughs> Shinjuku. So yeah, you got
0: to take that into consideration yeah, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I was coming off that high. But still, I, I stand. I stand by my reaction. Overall, I like the film, and I would like to see it again. And the the destruction scenes, the Godzilla scenes, are amazing.
0: Are they comparable to Gamera Three? Which had some of the best destruction scenes I've ever seen, especially the the it, Gauss it, battle. It,
1: it is comparable, but you know, it, it's not as mobile as mm-hmm. Gamma Three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the yeah the uh, yeah the, the one scene. Of uh, the, the Shibuya scene mm-hmm. and Gauss in Shibuya I got I did get pick up some of that vibe especially the the, the night time scene with Godzilla like, Higuchi
0: was like I did this once I think I can do it again yeah and then yeah. considering
1: it's Higuchi mm-hmm. you know you see Higuchi's uh, <clears throat> fingerprints there you know versus where you see Ano's fingerprints mm-hmm. with like, the, like mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the the spine beams and the tail beam you know that's I see that
0: coming from Anno. And it's how, and just overall, how is it, how it's shot, it doesn't look like it's shot like any other Godzilla film either. Like, just the, the cinematography of the film.
1: Yeah, the cinematography is interesting. Um, the, I mean, even though there was a language barrier and there was, mm. there was a lot of, you know, dialogue and exposition that I was trying to make out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still, I was still, you know, Sucked into and captured by all of the meeting scenes, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you could tell that, the, 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 this was just a great sense of urgency, a great sense of panic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what do we do? You know, this is unlike anything we've ever dealt with
0: before. So it was a good Japanese natural disaster film. This is the natural disaster. Yeah, yeah, happened to be Godzilla. So
1: yeah, it takes form of a monster. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> and it and now you know we're four weeks out now from its initial release, mm-hmm. and it. Number one at the box office two weeks in a row. Last weekend it dipped down because of Secret Life of Pets. I was like, all right. <clears throat> it already beat out Final Wars. Yeah. It, it made it hit the 20, which everyone's like, okay, so it'll probably do about as good as some of the other, you know, some of the you know, the, the Heisei era films, and it doesn't look like it's stopping there. Because this last weekend, as we as we were recording, this, we found out, it moved back up to number one again, yeah. and it's I think it's already surpassed like fifty million in box office in Japan, which is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, for Japan. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you got to remember, Japan doesn't have a ton of theaters. Yeah. So for a a Godzilla movie, which at one point <coughs> was they were <coughs> dwindling <coughs> returns big time. Yeah. But that was might have been also a, a case of Toho just kind of like. Yeah, oversaturating the market. Yeah,
1: because you know, they took a break after the Show off series, then mm-hmm. then the Haystacks hey, the series burned itself out after five years. Yeah, the Millennium series pulled the same thing. When you're cranking them out every single year, mm-hmm. people start to get complacent and start. Oh, ugh. they're
0: not. They're not the Sentai films. No, they're
1: not. That's a. Hey. And no matter no matter how good the film is, mm-hmm. people are going to get tired of it. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean you're you're seeing a backlash like like that against Marvel, even though the Marvel films are still doing great. Yeah. You see pe- you see people chomping at the bit, wanting one to fail. Yeah. You know. Um you know, I I'm uh I'm in the camp that I I fear that Disney's gonna do that to Star Wars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the, the, well, the people are problem-
0: already bitching about uh yeah. Rogue One, like, God, another Star Wars one? It's like, dude, we're getting six in a row. We're getting
1: Yeah. It's like this is only the beginning. I mean, yeah. I mean no. Four years from now, yeah, and people are going, no, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, but in the case of Godzilla, mm-hmm. you know, you release one of them. No, one. It, it's good to see them coming out, but
0: still, you, you don't want it
1: to to be diluted.
0: No, I think that's. I, I'm hoping that between what Legendary's doing, yeah, and Toho will be like, okay, we don't have to put one out every year. We could do one every few years. And I think it really sent, I think the message has been sent that instead of just cranking them out, take time, Mm -hmm. take a little effort. I mean, even I think Kawakita even mentioned, like in an interview years ago, he's like, if you could have all the money in the world you could do, it's like, it's not a matter of money, it's a matter of time. Yeah. Because we used to, like, they would crank those things out in under, like, nine months, which is insane on a production special
1: effects heavy film.
0: Yeah. Like, you would never do that today. You would never do that. So. The fact that it seemed like, because even when they announced Anno and Higuchi, they already were well into production. Yeah. Like, script was done. Like, Ano revealed, like, after he finished the third Ava film, like, he had, like, a nervous breakdown, because he was just like, I can't, I need a break from this. And that's what, you know, he got brought, he got pulled into it. So it was like, that was already 2013. Mm-hmm. So they didn't announce this until, they announced the movie in twenty four at the end of 2014, and then Ano wasn't until... April of 2015. So, they were already well into... They already had an idea. And it seemed like... It, it, not only like that, but it seemed like the budget's bigger than normal. Like, they took their time. They they, they tried. They did something much different. So, I think that that approach worked very well for, for Toho now. Because it's made a ton of money. It's got picked up for just about every market on the face of the planet. And it looks like it's going to, you know, do up there with, with... Maybe like King Kong versus Godzilla in terms of you adjust for inflation Yeah, as one of the most attended Godzilla movies out there, which is a good thing all around. Because, going into a quick news bit, Toho announced we're doing an anime Godzilla film. Yeah. yeah um, but it's not a true anime. It's not hand-drawn. It's CG.
1: Yeah, kind of like a, like the, the uh, Final Fantasy films. Yes. Things. Oh, it's only been one image from it, which is very mm-hmm. vague. Yeah, which I would never guess was from a Godzilla film, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it's and it got conversation going again because over no over the years people have asked how come there's never been an anime Godzilla considering yeah. anime is very popular in Japan mm-hmm. and I've heard a lot of different reasons why. Uh, there's there's been multiple manga adaptations mm-hmm. and uh, you know, even since the seventies and and then sixties, um, so but and one good thing about anime is that you know you can go to new places that it's very difficult to do with Tokusatsu
0: Super Atricon was very adamant a very very good example of that yeah like they did stuff like the original Atricon was never going to do yes yes yeah yeah.
1: Um, but you know given that you know that Godzilla is you know pretty much the the the, the definition Mm -hmm. of, of Tokusatsu and practical effects um where they're going to go with this i mean personally you know most of the time i consider myself a purist yeah but i do like to see you know new directions taken especially Mm -hmm. you know having seen the series resume and stall numerous times already Mm -hmm. you know i would prefer that they space it out and i don't mind them being adventurous because like Mm -hmm. you said you know there's a legendary version out now there's the japanese version I like the idea of there being different versions. Because mm-hmm. you know, it could be anything you want it to be. Yeah. And if you don't like this, this incarnation, maybe you'll like the next one. Yeah. You know, To me, it just adds mm-hmm. to the overall mythology of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And this is a comparison I draw a lot of times. Uh, another famous franchise, mm-hmm. James Bond. Mm-hmm. James, I mean, there have been v- James, many James Bond films, many different versions of James Bond. Some super serious, some tongue-in-cheek. You know, but they all have a place, and they are you know collectively they're beloved by the by the fans
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, some have you know all will say like, oh, Moonraker was silly or ridiculous, yeah, no, but hey, I really like you know, honor majesty's <laughs> secret Service, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, you know? yeah, yeah, I like a good
0: George <laughs> Leesonby outing, yeah yeah he, 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 no, he
1: was the lone bond. You know, yeah one, one lone outing, but you yeah. know he was a damn good one, yeah, you know or. You know, it, even, you know... Even, like,
0: the the hardcore Timothy Dalton films. Yeah, or even, like, like the parody of James Bond. Yeah. Of the Casino Royale. Yeah, the original the, Casino the original Royale. Co- yeah. yeah. Uh, or even the You uh, the Only Live Twice, the unofficial, like, when Connery came back.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. that came out at the same time that Moonraker was out. Yeah. So there was two James Bond films in a single mm-hmm. year, which, you know... Even at my young age, I thought this is kind of interesting. Yeah. there's two different versions of James Bond out at the which, same time. Uh,
0: very much like we're yeah. getting with Godzilla right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: and, yeah, and you know, you know, I don't recall. I mean, there was no internet back then. Mm-hmm. I don't recall James Bond fans bitching about it. Yeah, to them, it was like, hey, the more, the merrier.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's like, t- t- look, we went through a whole decade where we didn't have anything. Yeah, like you had, you were lucky. We got one gamma film in that decade, which. Turned out okay. That was a misfire. You yeah, know, was. A, I would say it was a good misfire. Mm-hmm. But it was like you can't go back. No, you, could, you can't go back to after you went. Yeah, you went to the places you went with the. Yeah, with I the mean, Heisei overall,
1: films. when you look at it, you know, it, it's it's a decent film. However, the effects though, are great in it. Oh, the effects are great. However, though, everyone was expecting a continuation of the Heisei series. Yeah, which wasn't going to happen.
0: No, you got a Heisei version of the of films exactly, and that's like, oh no, don't go this direction, man. Yeah. And now, you know, but now, as I argue, it's like, people, people you don't no one's happy anymore. Yeah. Because here's the problem. Everything's being tailored to the fans. And now the fans think that they have some say in this stuff. Yeah.
1: Everybody has a blog. Everybody can be an yeah. instant reviewer, you know, so, you know, and, and you can, comp- I mean, come on, face you can completely, you can find something to complain about in anything you watch or yeah. anything you read.
0: I, I, I've made this, I've made these two arguments in the last few weeks, especially after the whole... Suicide Squad thing, where every, like, everybody, every every critic on the internet took a dump on this film. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, God, like, DC needs to just, they Warner's needs to stop, restart, you know, their their DC franchise now, because this is the wrong path they're going down. And then it turns out Suicide Squad makes more money than half the Marvel films that come out. Mm-hmm. And people, like, the public, for the most part, enjoy it. The only people that are complaining are the critics and, like, really die-hard, like, Hardcore comic like book hardcore books. comic book fans, but even yeah. then, there's a feeling I just like, "Yeah, it's fine." They're tr- and mind you, these are the same people who are like praising the hell out of the Ghostbusters reboot, and so it was a we- it was an interesting dichotomy to see like the, yeah. the two like and they're very much just because the- when the Ghostbusters movie came out, they're like oh, like, you're just complaining because you're sexist. It's like, no, you're not getting why a lot of people don't want to see it. You're listening to the few jack-offs who are like, yeah, yeah I don't want my ghost It's like, no one ever said we never want a ghost movie with girls in it. It's what this movie represents. It's the poor direction and misguided, you know, aiming of what you're doing to what is a, a beloved movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that most of these guys are still around, and you could continue the series. Yeah. Now, then you have everyone who was complaining about, Everyone's seeing how Suicide Squad's like, oh yeah, this is dribble. And then ever the general public goes and sees it, like this movie's great. I don't know what you're complaining about. Like I don't see. Meanwhile, the general public's like, we're not having anything about Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters yeah. debuted number two, then slowly schluffed off, and nobody said Suicide Squad re, re, number one third week in a row. Yeah. And people were like, well, it's not big It's like it's an August release. It was never going to make like 900 million. It wasn't meant to make a billion dollars. Worldwide, and that's the problem where they keep setting the bar higher and higher. Yeah. It doesn't meet it. Oh, it's a failure. It's like no, you're yeah, just right. enjoy. You not there's armchair directing now. It's like our keyboard directing, as I'm calling it, where <laughs> everyone's like, no, it needs to be this way. It's like you're not the one making the movie. Yeah. You're not the one writing the story. You're not. It's it's you know people are like, no, no, it needs to go this way. There's there's been I've, in in a week I've seen three articles. One about anime, one about comic books, and one about especially movies, where they've all made the same argument: it's art. You're in it for the ride. You're not the one dictating where it goes. There is something fun about, like, hey, they're listening to your input, and we're, you know, we're we're working with that. But again, you're you're enjoying this for a reason. So just go along with the right You don't you can get off at any point. You can get off at any time. And that's why I can't understand, what, especially within this fandom, it's like you have two movies going, and it doesn't seem like nobody is pleased. Because so they want the, kind of the same old thing. Yeah. Or they want their version of it.
1: But you know, what's interesting, um, that you brought up Ghostbusters as an example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The same, you could have the same argument for two different films, and, but it means something completely different. Mm-hmm. Like, for example... Uh, when they announced the new Ghostbusters, and I saw yeah. the the initial trailer for it cause i, I, I haven 't seen the movie itself mm-hmm. honestly, the visuals I had no problem with it yeah, you know, this looks interesting
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my my reaction was, you know what Harold Ramus is gone, yeah, no Murray shows really no interest in in mm-hmm. doing another one. you know the only way that you can make it another you know continue this and also you know, make make the the world of Ghostbusters bigger is hey there are other franchises of Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. They were the first ones, but now now they're franchising the thing out. Yeah. But then I hear well in this in this movie, no the original Ghostbusters never existed. Mm-hmm. These are the first ones now. Yeah. So it's kind of like a reboot. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay, so I see why people are pissed off. Yeah. But then again. What we're talking about, shingoji
2: Mhm.
1: Oh, no, was this the original Godzilla, you know, regenerated? No, this is a reboot. It has nothing to do with the original. He's mm-hmm. not a project of atomic testing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so th- there you go. Same argument. No, mm-hmm. this is a complete re- reboot which doesn't even... Uh, Acknowledge the original, yeah, yeah. Which,
0: I've, which I've argued for the last few years that we... Especially, they, everyone needs to stop being. But the original's great. The original's what started yeah. it. But you don't need to be beholden to it for everything.
1: No, but, but you know there are plenty of, mm-hmm. of of tips the hat to the, the, yeah. the original in the show off series. I mean, like I said, all the stock movie footage. You no, know, mm-hmm. the, the, the the title cards. You no, know, there's a lot of uh, you no.
2: Know,
1: uh, there are some shots which kind of reference uh, in the older films. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are plenty of acknowledgments to the old film. But the, basically, they're saying. This is something new and something different. We're just not going to regurgitate what worked before. Mm-hmm. We're taking the basic idea of the character, and this is
0: our mm-hmm. take on it. <clears throat> All right. Well, we've gone on ad nauseum about that. Yeah. Real quick, give us a quick recap. How was how was Japan? Japan during, during during the Godzilla hype too. You were
1: there. Yeah, yeah. I was during there during the Godzilla hype. Uh, uh, it was being promoted everywhere. It's like mm-hmm. huge billboards and subways, uh, even at you know. At the Seven Elevens, yeah, every morning you go to Seven Eleven mm-hmm. and get some little, little uh, rice balls and stuff for, for <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, uh, you know there were these uh, little promotional flyers offering uh, Godzilla versus Evangelion phone cards, oh, man, and man, uh, a, a couple of things that I even picked up. Is, uh, uh, you know, they got to know me because I was going there two, three times a day for drinks and mm-hmm. stuff to stock my refrigerator in my hotel room, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they had these little tiny uh, Godzilla ramen bowls
2: mm-hmm.
1: with Godzilla and King Ghidorah and Shingojin on them. Mm-hmm. And I asked about them, and they just handed them to me as, as a gift. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then also, it being summertime, when mm-hmm. Japan is uh, notoriously hot and humid, yeah. a, lot of, you know, a lot of people carry around little towels so they can, like to sweat for themselves. Yeah. And they sell them everywhere. And you know, 7-Elevens have like, different ones for sale. They had little promotional ones with... Godzilla mm-hmm. fighting, you know, uh, creatures from Evangelion, <laughs> and, and the manager saw me, hey, here you go, you know, he handed it to me, you know, here's a present for you. What
0: you a know. magnificent world we live <laughs> in. Yes.
1: And, uh, yes, so I saw, in fact, uh, the 7 living just around the corner from the Hotel Gracery right there mm-hmm. in the middle of Shinjuku, they had an entire end cap of Godzilla mm-hmm. products. Really? Yeah, they had magnets, which I had never seen before, you know, a lot of little figures, and... Yeah, these uh, t- uh, tapestries with all these traditional uh, Japanese type of prints with Godzilla and mm-hmm. King Ghidorah and Mothra inserted into them, mm-hmm. and uh, even the toy stores. there went a couple of toy stores with Shinpei Hayashiya over in Shibuya, and they had an entire sections with uh, Godzilla and, and kaiju. And it was it was nice seeing this.
0: <clears throat> so pretty much, and Godzilla Fever was right. Everyone seemed hyped for it.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: That's 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 what we want. That's what we needed to see. That's what mm-hmm. we needed to hear. So
1: yeah, and and it it it's going back up to number one. I mean, it's it's breathing life back into the genre.
0: That's good. It, it's it's pretty much it's it. That's when you take a risk and it pays off. That's what you want to see because then it leads us to more. So yes, that's the best thing we see. So Mark had a great time. Did you? Uh, and you because this is your second time going, yes so you're a little more prepared this time for yeah. what you're about to see.
1: Yeah and, and wh- you know there was a lot there were a lot of uh, exhibits going on
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, some of them I went which I went to, some of them I missed. Uh, but uh, one thing that I was surprised about, while I was in Japan, an announcement was made that beginning next year, Universal Studios Japan in Osaka mm-hmm. will have a Godzilla 4D ride.
0: Part of the Japan cool. Yes. Thing we've been doing every year. Yes.
1: This you know, and this is the first time there's been a major Godzilla theme park attraction mm-hmm. outside of the Monster Planet of Godzilla 3D ride, which was at Sanrio Pearl Land back mm-hmm. in the '90s.
0: So, and this was based, uh, this one's based around Shin. It's based on Shin Godzilla,
1: right? Uh, uh, apparently so. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's hardly any information on it other than the, the so. announced date of the. Which we'll
0: probably release. get more in a few yeah. usually about October. Yeah, yeah. but the, they the, announced the full yeah. lineup.
1: But, but on the Universal Studios Japan website, the, the graphics do show Shin Godzilla.
0: So, and that's usually they do it from like six months out of the year. They usually do it from like it's usually like January to like May. That's when they usually do
1: it. We'll see. But anyway, I, I thought that was, that's all the reason. <laughs> then all like, the excuse I need in the world to go back, I'm going so. back.
0: I gotta go do this. Yeah. So now you lived. Now you live The drink. You you've been to Japan. You've seen a Godzilla movie. Yes, spent beautifully. I'm looking at some of the wonderful stuff Mark got here. He got the 4K King Kong vs. Godzilla DVD. Yeah. Which, real quick, please tell that story because it's awesome.
1: Oh, well, uh, the original print of King Kong vs. Godzilla, um, from what I understand,
2: mm.
1: Toho had lent out, I guess, I'm assuming mistakenly, mm. their like their master copy or, or their negative of it mm-hmm. at one point. And this is like years after its initial release, you know, and I guess, you know, they weren't too keen on, you know, preservation. Yeah. You know, at that point. It's like NASA. They and, over all their stuff. Yeah, and who whoever had borrowed it for whatever showing uh, felt the need to edit some of it. Mm-hmm. And they excised, you know, uh, some scenes from the print. And this was the master print. And when it was returned to Toho, those scenes were missing. And every, everything since then has been struck off those those masters. And so there were certain scenes that have been missing and forgotten you know, over the generations, unless you were there to see it upon its initial release. Mm-hmm. You had no idea these scenes existed. Uh, some years back, uh, Shinpei Hayashiya,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the, the director of the Rego Raiga films, and Gamera 4, uh, I brought him to G-Fest a few years ago. And uh, he was telling me that uh, he was he was involved in a Godzilla screening. Uh, they're doing some small film festival. And one of the films they wanted to show was King Kong vs. Godzilla. And of course, they were looking for like a 35-millimeter copy of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he was looking around for a copy. And some of his sources said, oh, this is some... No film rental agency, warehouse, in some somewhere in the boonies in Japan. Yeah. They said, "Oh, well, we usually find some good stuff over there." So he contacted them and said he's looking for King Kong Godzilla. They said, "Oh yeah, we we have a copy." <laughs> Apparently, no one you know got yeah. much interest in it. So he had got a, you know they delivered the the reels to him, and he looped it up and said, "Oh, he said I felt like watching it. I yeah. hadn't seen it in so long." And as he was watching it he was seeing scenes that oh I don't remember this part I guess mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've watched this
2: mm-hmm.
1: but then more scenes and he's like wait a second I know damn sure I've never seen this yeah and then he made a reference back to his uh, you know home video mm-hmm. copies what the hell am I yeah. and he remembers the <laughs> tale of of the, the mm-hmm. copies being incomplete
2: mm-hmm.
1: am I looking at a complete version copy of this so he alerted Toho mm-hmm. Toho you know uh, re-obtained this copy, and um, so the, the original scenes were restored, and work was done to upgrade it to digital four K quality. And
0: now you cool. own a copy of yeah. it, yeah. which uh, your lovely lady brought yeah. up to you. It's like, yes. hey, I got this for you. Yeah. And when I sat down, Marsham all the all the awesomeness that he got, and he's like, I'm looking at this thing. It's like it looks like a book. uh huh and I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute. Is this the 4K? And he's just going to do this. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah, I some, I'm i going to have to procure a copy one day soon so I can sit there and watch It's one of my favorites. So, all right. Well, we're going along real quick. We have one last thing to talk about. And then I've I got to give Mark some breathing room. Uh, the big announcement, we were talking about G-Fest this past, uh, last weekend, was Power Morphicon.
1: Power Morphicon, the Sentai slash Power Rangers convention mm-hmm. put on in Pasadena. Every two years. Mm-hmm. So last year they took a break. This year they returned with, with a vengeance. Yes, they did. and A lot
0: more Sentai uh, guests, too.
1: Yes, because I you know uh, Shot Factory has been instrumental in releasing box sets of the original Japanese mm-hmm. versions. Yes. And they've been getting you know very enthusiastic responses. So they're, they're releasing more and more of the series here, mm-hmm. the original Japanese versions. And so fans of Power Rangers from the past and even now are discovering, you know, the wonder and the difference in the original Japanese versions. Mm-hmm. So they even had guests from Japan show up. Well, anyway, Scott Zillner, the guy who is the man behind Power Morphicon, mm-hmm. and he puts those on plus the quarterly Robo-Toy... Fair show. Yeah, the uh, yeah, Robo-Toy, yeah,
0: Robo-toy Toy Fest, yes.
1: Shows in Pasadena. Uh, I guess because Power Morphicon is every two years, he mm-hmm. uh, thought, well, what can I do next year besides uh, Robo-Toy Fest? And it was announced, because uh, uh, my lovely girlfriend and I happened to run into him (laughs) at Little Tokyo, (laughs) and uh, we were talking, we had lunch, and he was mentioning he was working on something, but things hadn't been finalized. Well, he announced it at this year's Power Morphicon. Next summer, since there will be no Power Morphicon, Mm -hmm. it's on its uh, year off, they announced the Japan World Heroes Convention for next August at the Pasadena Convention Center. They've already, they were, the graphics showed a picture of Godzilla and a picture of Ultraman, and the announced guests so far are Bin Furuya, mm-hmm. the Ultraman suit actor, and Ken Pichiro Satsuma, the so, suit actor from the Heisei Godzilla films.
0: So, and, uh, which, we've always talked, was like, man, wouldn't it be great if someone just did a pure we, toku... We, like live acts you, you and I you and I've
1: been talking about this for two years yeah and I've been talking to other people about it among them you know Roger shy and mm-hmm. even August Pregoni has offered to you know help us if we do some kind of LA thing mm-hmm. well Scott Zellner has experience putting on conventions that are wonderful and he has taken the lead here so hopefully we'll contact Scott and uh, <laughs> you know offer anything we can mm-hmm. to help make this a wonderful convention and hopefully it'll be an ongoing West Coast convention. It, they...
0: it, it would be nice because you know the, the best we get are the anime conventions where they kind of lumped us in there. Our Morphicon is the closest you get to it. So yeah. because they're not just fo- like we, we they mention you know Godzilla and Ultraman, but it's full on. They're doing they're bringing the Sentai actors over yeah. from what I was told. Uh, they're working on they're working on some stuff. I, I don't want to say anything because I was kind of told like kind of off the record kind of things. But they're working on. It's not going to be just Japanese giants. We're getting full the full spectrum of Sentai stuff. Yes. So common some common rider stuff in there. No, so, That'll be fantastic. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a it and at the in Pasadena, which is a fantastic yeah. convention center too.
1: But you know, like I mentioned before, you know, geek culture has become mainstream, mm-hmm. and now there's so much more than there used to be. I mean, I remember attending conventions back in like you know in the early '80s mm-hmm. when you know. It was, I would go to the, the uh, monthly LA Comic Con, also uh, the, the different uh, creation conventions mm-hmm. would come in town. And it would encompass everything yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, uh,
0: everything. Because you had a catch all. You pretty yeah, much had to do yeah. it.
1: But now everything is so niche, everything is so specialized. I mean, anime alone takes over the entire LA, LA convention. convention Center.
0: They broke 100,000 people this year.
1: I, yeah, I, I would never have imagined this back in no. 1981, I mean, the best you can get was some scratchy bootleg videos yeah. of like Dymos or something. Yeah, yeah. And they would not be subtitled. Yeah, you know, it's you like can,
0: who's going to show for for watching Matt Cross one day? Like nobody's going to bother with that. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I remember yeah. I remember Starlog offering the the first episodes of Matt Cross mm-hmm. from Harmony Gold for forty bucks.
0: You know? <laughs> oh my god. This
1: okay. is the, this is before they they opted it into Robotech. Yeah. You know, they're, they're still trying to figure out how to market it here, and uh, it's it's just amazing seeing you know. All this and you know with the with the internet, it's so much easier to research things and and get into it. And you know this, like you said, this is the age we live in, and uh, I, I, I I'm I like
0: it. They say it's a wonderful. It's yeah. if people it say it's a horrible future. It's a wonderful future we live in.
1: Because you know, I understand you know old guard and well, it's not like it used to be. No, it's not like it used to be. But you know what? You were there, mm-hmm. you count yourself lucky you were able to experience it. But you know what? In the old days, if you wanted to find out something new. Were you able to, to reach out and in a matter of seconds look it up,
0: exactly, and watch episodes of it? Exactly, yeah. That's the beauty of it. And You know what? Now that we got a West Coast, it, it's actually hopefully first like a West Coast G fest. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Ho- hopefully, hopefully, it sounds like there's a lot of potential for this show. Yes. So. He's got he's got a whole year to really put it together. It sounds like he's already like Scott. It sounds like Scott's knee deep in getting the show going. Mm-hmm. So we I got to get him on the show. We got to talk about it. Yeah, place. definitely.
1: Maybe Scott is definitely something we need to talk to. Over so
0: doing this. Ne- maybe in the next uh, maybe in the next few months when things start to kind of yeah start yeah. gelling more, When he's got a little more to talk about. We'll get him on there. All right, we've gone extra long. I might end up having to cut this into like two uh, two parts. But Mark had a lot to talk about. I ranted a little bit. So. Uh, Yes,
1: so that's what uh, happens when you guys together. Like, exactly. We don't, oh, shut, we, we don't shut up about this.
0: Shit, I mean, hell, we were talking about this. Like, pre- <laughs> I got some pre-ramble stuff on there too. So, <laughs> um, there are. Uh, um, I need to do real quick groundwork, real quick, uh, to mention something. Um, as of right now, uh, pretty much, uh, we're no longer beyond Realmcast because, as of right now, Realmcast is done. Uh, the site is folding. And uh, Panzer Crush will go back to being the home site for the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. Um, Will you still be on iTunes? We're still on iTunes. None of that is changing, but there are actually some changes coming into the actual uh, Panzer Crush itself. So, um, right now I'm working on taking over, I've officially taken over all of the Realmcast podcasts. We currently have Take-Two running on a site called NerdReport.com. Uh, they've been our, our host site for the last about a month and a half. But uh, that, that's probably going to change in the next few weeks, too. Uh, pretty much right now, Take-Two, the show I run that uh, will now I'll be joined by my friend Sergio instead of George. Uh, the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. And uh, two new podcasts will be the launch for the brand-new Panzer Crush Podcast Network that I'm forming. So, what we're going to be hearing is uh, uh, three times a week. We'll have shows out there. Most of them probably feature me at first, but I'm working to build a larger network. So, I do hope if you listen to the show, you'll give some of our other shows that we're going to be debuting in about a month's time some love. So, the way it's going to work is two: of the shows will be weekly, so you'll hear them. You know, four you'll get them four times a month. Um, Kaiju will remain at bi monthly because pretty much like there's a lot of stuff out there. But we're, it's hard to put together a weekly show at this point. And especially with uh, the schedule that Jessica and I currently hold. So it will alternate Fridays with a brand new animation podcast that I'm doing with a, a good close friend of mine that uh, we're currently in, in the works of. So you'll have movies, pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, kaiju, tokusatsu, and animation stuff. And we're working on, I'm working on some other stuff. So please stick, stick around. Uh, I've got some big plans for it, and uh, hopefully, you. As I said, you if you like this show, you'll give some of the other shows a try. So, and you can still find us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, none of that's changing, so that will all still be there. So, if you even like shine this other stuff, it's not there. You can still come around and uh, chit chat on uh, on our Facebook and Twitter if you want. So, all right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast, an extra long one that, if you're hearing this, is probably going to be cut up into several meaty chunks. So, for myself and... Mark Alamio. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.